your home for Southeastern Athletics. We are KSLU, Hammond America. This is Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kieford. We'll take you out now to Rainbow Daiquiri's. Live from Rainbow Daiquiri's, I'm Richard Timberville, filling in for Mark Willoughby this evening as we are talking Southeastern hoops tonight with head coach David Kiefer. But tonight, it's going to be a fun one, I know, talking about a couple of big wins this week. Uh, the 77-74 win over McNeese on Saturday, and then the 76-64 win just last night against Incarnate Word. But we got, want you to come on out here, have some drinks on us. We got Deuce Woodson and, and Mike out there slinging the drinks, and we got Jaleel back in the, in the studio doing the board, and we got Tyler Thomas running things right here at the station at Rainbow Daiquiri's with Damon overseeing it all. And we're going to go ahead and take our first break. And when we come back, it'll be time to talk Southeastern Hoops with head coach David Kiefer. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball here on Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiri's is a proud location sponsor of the David Kiefer Radio Show and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiri's has been served in the Hammond area since 1984. Located at 143 with late hours, Rainbow Daiquiri's is proud to support Lion Athletics and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the facilities to meet my health and nutritional needs in order for me to be the best year and athlete I can be. We're making game day experiences go from ordinary to extraordinary. For allowing me to meet these people and build lifelong friendships while competing at the school I love. For giving me the resources to pursue my degree and the ability to excel in the classroom. To help me look my best as I compete and achieve my goals. Thank you. Thank you, Lion Nation, for your support. You help make a difference in the daily lives of more than 300 student athletes wearing Southeastern green and gold. We couldn't do it without you. Your favorite coaches club is available through the Lion Athletics Association by phone at area code 985. 549-5091. Also available online at www.lionup.com. For everything about Southeastern Athletics, including schedules, live game coverage, and stats, visit lionsports.net.
Back here from Rainbow Daiquiris on West Thomas Street in Hammond, America, inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer. And we're going to bring in the man right now, the head coach of the Southeastern Lions, David Kiefer. Coach, uh, always good to have get the chance to talk to you on a, after a two-win week. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot more fun after two wins than, than coming back and talking losses. But uh, that's, the, that's the job at, at hand regardless. After wins or losses, got to come up, sit here, take the tough questions and and uh, but no, for sure. After two big two big runs, but um, trending in the right direction, and uh, got two big road games com coming up uh, here against uh, two repeat opponents. And it's not just two wins we're, t we're talking about here. You've won four out of your last five, and the guys seem to be maybe getting into a bit of a better rhythm uh, with what y'all have been trying to run over the last few weeks. Is that something you're seeing? Yeah, for sure. You know, you go back to last year's team. I think that's what we all saw from from. You know, when our team's at our best, that's that's what you see from Southeastern basketball is a team that's going to be gritty, that's going to play hard, that's going to be connected and share the basketball and just look like they're having fun. Um, at times this year, you kind of didn't see that, and, and, and that's what our team is. Our team can't be more connected than anybody in the conference as far as off the basketball court. Our guys are so close. Um, and at, at times this year, you know, we, we went through some ups and downs, but um, we just talked about the beginning of the year, you know, this is a marathon, not a sprint. And the best basketball we want to be playing is in February and March. And obviously it's trending in the right, right way in late January and February. And, and our MO, our, our deal is we're, we're best when we're playing unselfish, when we're playing for each other, when we're playing gritty, grimy, and tough and together. And um, that's, that's the team that you've seen out there the past couple of weeks. And that's the team that we expect to see every time. We're at the point of the season where... There can be, there can be no more letdowns. You know, we had a, a, a rough start, and you know, we put ourselves in a little bit of a hole. But uh, there can't be any more mistakes anymore. The, you know, so Roscoe and those guys, they only got a few games left, and their season's over. So, how do we want to be remembered? And you know, we want to be remembered as a team that got a chance to go down and play for a championship. Well, you brought up his name, so might as well talk about it. Roscoe Eastman being named the conference's player of the week uh, yesterday for the games against HCU and. McNeese on Saturday, um, we saw both. I think we saw a lot of what he gives and what he's why he earned that award, and then he really brought it out. I think uh, you kind of saw what his impact can be and what his loss could be when we talk about like the, the that last minute of the McNeese game because he, he's that floor general for you guys. Just talk about you know what winning this award means for him and and what that uh what he means when he's on the floor for you guys well just let's talk about like his journey as a college basketball player first like roscoe goes you know to wheeler high school big time power program out of outside of atlanta and georgia you know a lot of nba players front uh, from 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 there and um you know roscoe goes out to denver and you know three four points a game plays it plays a decent amount but he was on a team i think that his freshman sophomore year i think won two division one basketball games um, and it's funny, funny kind of story is when he he came to uh, Southeastern, he had to sit out the first semester to academic and transfer and all these different issues. And he didn't get to play until right when the like preseason conference tournament came around. And and that's when we went three and zero and won the preseason conference tournament deal. And he's like, Coach, we just went three and zero and won the championship. He's like, That's more games than I won last year. And he's like, that he just was he just. He's like, this is more fun than I've had playing basketball since high school. And, and um, you know, you could just see him having fun. And, boy, it's like when he's playing right, I don't know if there's a more fun player to watch than him because he impacts the game in so many ways, whether it's pressing the basketball, getting steals, 
just finding teammates. I mean, last night he goes one for six and had three points, but how much did he affect the game? Just setting people up, getting 13 assists. He controls the tempo of the game. You know, and he's playing best when, you know, he's making good decisions. We talk about, like, because I'm a big Tampa Bay Bucks fan. We talked about let's be Tom Brady and not Jameis Winston. Let's not, we can't, we can't throw these tight passes. Let's make sure we're hitting singles in transition. We're scoring in transition. If we don't like it, let, let's pull it out. Um, I think sometimes our, our stuff is misleading with our pace. It's 300 and something in pace, but we do play fast time, and, and that's with him as our leader. And uh, Roscoe is just, as far as, just, I go back to Denver to hear, like, that guy's worked his butt off to just be a better player. And looking at those numbers, 14 points, eight and a half sits, there's, there's nobody I could be more happy for than just the type of person he is, the leader he is, uh, the time that he puts in. Uh, I'm very proud of him. And that's the... That's what set up, sets up uh, everybody else, especially those assists. Then you look at who's scoring it for you. You get Caldwell, uh, who's had, who in those same two games was at like 21 points a game, and McFarland was up around, I believe, 18, 17, somewhere. And though in those two games, that's not even including we're talking, we're not even talking the Incarnate Word game from last night when we're talking about these stats. But those. He sets up. He has sets up a lot for for those guys. Yeah, and our and our team knows that. You know what I mean? I I think like after the game, it, it, the team was so happy for him. You know, we had this celebration after the game, throwing water at me and all that stuff at McNeese, whatever. But those guys did that to Roscoe first. Like, it, it's 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 fun seeing, you know, all those guys lift him up because all he does he doesn't care about winning. He goes one for six the other night. He doesn't care. Like, he wins. He's a winner. He, he just wants to win. And all those guys see that. And it's contagious in our locker room. And, um, you know, it's just I'm lucky to have a point guard like that. But, yeah, any given night, he can put up, like he did against McNeese, 15. Right. So he can get his when, when need be. And it makes it a lot harder. When, when he's scoring the basketball, obviously, now it's like, okay, now he's scoring the ball. And, and you always got to defend Alec uh, Woodard and Roger because at any point, if they're open, they can c continue to make shots. And I think Nick's arguably the best scorer in the conference. And then you got Mr. Consistency and Roger, who you know is going to give you, you know, damn near a double-double every night. So, uh, you know, when Roscoe's making shots, it makes things a lot easier. It, it, that seemed to be, to me, the, be the part of that was kind of the missing link. Like, like, who would be that extra score to add to what you were getting from Caldwell and McFarland, seemingly night in and night out? One night it could be Woodard, but maybe you get a, an Eastman added to that or a, or a, a Robery who had double figures uh, against UIW last night. It seems like when you have that extra score, that makes so much uh, of a uh, big difference to the, to the success of the team. Yeah, for sure. We've been getting a tremendous amount of minutes from our starting five. I'm really, you know, challenging the guys coming off the bench um, to give us more stuff. You know, and, and, and every game, it's, it, every game's been a different story. You know, Cam goes in there and plays six minutes the other night, bangs in two threes. You know, Dylan, I thought, had some big plays against McNeese. Um, you know, but there's just been flashes, and I think we've seen a lot more from those guys in practice and stuff like that. So I'm waiting for those some of those guys to come in, you know, Avery Wilson, and just you've seen flashes, but I, I want to see some of those guys be able to go out there and give us 15, 20 minutes and maybe go get 10 points or go get 10 rebounds. Um, those guys are very capable of doing that, and it just just puts some pressure off some of those starters as well. And one of the big numbers that kind of jumped out for me as I was looking after the game last night, even though score, uh, hit 50%, from the field or more in your last three games, the win, which have all been wins, your, your current three-game win streak. Uh, just talk about the shooting percent and be like with your guys, the improved shooting that you've seen lately, and especially from three. I'm going to touch on that separately, but that's, that's going to be kind of the next lead-in is uh, shooting overall, 
but then especially from, from deep over the last few games? Um, I think it's <clears throat> several factors. I think, one, I think we're getting stops defensively, and when you get stops defensively and force teams to long shots, you can get out and transition and score. You go back to that Houston Christian game, I thought we got a lot of baskets in transition. Those percentages are going up when you're getting dunks and layups. Um, and we were able to do that a lot in transition. We were able to do that the last couple of games. And again, a credit to Roscoe, making sure that we're hitting singles in transition. If it's not there, I think we, we're a very good half-court offensive team when we run our stuff. And I think just the guys are buying into what we're running, knowing where we're getting our shots from. Um, I give a lot of credit to our assistant coaches and the amount of film that they watch with the guys. It's just understanding what teams are doing schematically on defense to know where their shots are coming from. So when we do our ball screen, you know, run whatever play it may be, knowing where the tags and the coverages and stuff are coming from to know, all right, when we run this, it's going to be open in this spot. And our guys are, are, are being meticulous with the details and their studying of the videos and, and stuff like that. So uh, all, that, <laughs> what's up, coach? all that stuff helps. <laughs> Coach Frank Selfo joining us in here, giving Coach a, a big, big hug. Uh, sure, he's as happy about the success as anybody. He knows what it's like to win these wars in the Southland. Yeah, just Coach doing Selfo's it on the gridiron. The I say it every time. Coach Selfo, he's the leader of the coaches, and that's that's the man right there. Now to touch on on the three pointer. Um, I know that some teams like to feel like they hit a quota or of at least attempts of threes per game. I don't know if that's a thing that y'all do, but. One thing, thing that stood out is you've hit 10 or more three-pointers this season in four games. You've won three of the four, and you did it twice against McNeese, which I think was uh, kind of a big deal, especially to get the win, to get you out of the hole at McNeese when y'all played there, right. and then here in the home game to get out to the big lead that y'all were able to hold on to for the win. Yeah, you know, um, you know, McNeese, and certain teams, I, I, I don't think we, we, we don't really get caught up. I think we have a really good shooting basketball team, but we don't really get caught up in, you know, this game we're going to shoot a lot of threes. I think, you know, a big big saying we say is the defense tells you to play, you know, and in the last two games, I think at McNeese, they were really, you know, if you watch the film, they were really concerned about um, Brody. You can you can see them sinking inside, and a lot of, we'd have some skip passes and some, some um, you know, rotations and some extra, extra passes. And we also made some tough shots in those games, too. But, you know, when you get open shots and you make open shots, then you start, you know, shooters get confidence, tough shots go in. And, uh, again, going back to film and watching what McNeese does, um, everybody does certain things differently. And um, our guys just took the, the, you know, took the scout to the floor and able to execute it. The four games you hit double-digit threes was against Suno when you hit 14. McNeese in both games you hit 12. So you had to combine 24 threes against the Cowboys. And then last night against Incarnate Word, you hit 11 threes as a team. It just seems like the the three can open up so much because even bro, even though you hit so many threes, Brody still finishes, and you're you're two bigs. Now, granted, Nick is a shooter as well; yeah. he can hit a couple of threes a game. But Brody's inside, getting to the free throw line twelve times, I believe, last night, and hit nine of them. Which a really good free throw shooter for a big, and b you're getting production both inside and outside, just a complete offensive performance. Yeah, I mean, you go back to this offseason. If anybody asked me. Um, one of our strengths, I would have said shooting. And, and it really hadn't shown this year, but I, we have tremendous shooters. And we've shown all summer, all fall, in practice every day. And really, just for whatever reason, we haven't shot the ball great, but you're seeing it of late. And it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, nobody works on their game more than Roger McFarlane. You know, Roger makes shots. Alec Woodard makes shots. You know, Alec Woodard, I think, led the conference in three-point percentage last year, or maybe second. He was like 47% from three last year, hit a bunch of threes. Same with Roger McFarlane. 
those guys can really shoot the ball. Again, Nick shot over 40%. He's shooting over 40% again this year. I think he leads the conference in field goal percentage. Uh, Nick, I mean, we, we have guys that make shots. So, again, this doesn't surprise me. And just the fact when you have a low post player like Brody, it allows you to get perimeter shots more now because when he's scoring in the paint, now you can draw double teams, you can draw extra help, which allows those other guys to get open shots. And Brody does a good job of passing the ball out. So now we're going to start getting more in-depth into each game played this past week, starting with Saturday's uh, substantial win. I, I don't want to – I know the, the coach speak, sports speak is your lows can never be too low, your highs can never be too high, but you, you had to be on a high following that win on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, it, it had to be a short memory, though. You know, our, our, tell our guys, you know, at the end of the day, we, we put ourselves in a hole to start the season. So – you know, I told the guys before the game, we, we have to win this game. This isn't, this isn't you know, uh, let's prove to everybody that we can just beat this team. Like, it doesn't matter who's on the schedule. We have to win this game. We, we're playing for something just bigger than beating McNeese. And, and it's awesome that, you know, you get a chance to beat somebody who's got the longest winning streak in the country. That's, it's a pretty big deal. I thought that's pretty cool. But we're, we're playing to win a championship. We're playing to be the best basketball team we can be in February and in March. And um, to win that game was big, but it was just the next team on the schedule, and, and we got to win. And that was the same mindset going in. As soon as that game was over, had our little celebration, but when it was over right then, it was on to the next one, on to Incarnate Word, and that game was our Super Bowl. And right now, Northwestern State's our Super Bowl. So you, you brought up the, their win streak, 14 games in a row they had won. They hadn't lost since around Thanksgiving time before they came into the Pride Roofing University Center. When you went to McNeese a couple weeks back, they got up 16 in the first half because they were on fire. Y'all battled back, got it to within two, but then they eventually pulled away late. Here at the Pride Roofing University Center, it was flip the script. Southeastern hot early, gets out to a 16-point lead. But there, McNeese, you know they were going to make a run at some point, and it just happened to come really there at, at the end. Yeah, it was really just, you know, and, and not to take any credit away from them, but, you know, that last minute could have been handled a lot better by us, and that could have been an easily a 10-12 point win. And, but, you know, that's, that's how the game's played. You know, our point guard gets fouled out. We're going to have to figure it out. Sometimes Roscoe's not going to be there to save us all the time, and um, that just shows the importance of him to our team. But also just, just little stupid things that, you know, Alec, Roger, Nick, that they're, they're better than that. What we were doing at the end of the game uh, was very frustrating, and we watched film. I thought... That we handled a little bit better the next game, but we still didn't play great the last couple minutes last time. But, uh, you know, I think we were able to close out, make free throws, not turn the ball over when we needed to in this past game. But um, it's just going to make us better. At the end of the day, you know, um, seeing being thrown different things and uh, things happening, um, we're going to the film room, and we'll have a game plan for it next time to make sure the same thing doesn't happen again. Nick Caldwell finished that game 16-8. and eight. Uh, you, brought, you talked about Alec Woodard earlier. He was on fire early was really a, a key part of that, getting out to that big early lead. He finished that game with 13. I think he had nine in that first half, all on his three-pointers. Uh, that seemed to really spread the defense out and, and made so much more happen because he was hitting early. Oh, for sure. You know, um, before I touch on Alec, like, easily, and we talked about this, Nick Caldwell could have easily been player of the week last week as well. You know, um, obviously Roscoe did, and I thought – um, he just impacted a little bit more. But Nick, I mean, you don't win those basketball games the way we did without Nick Caldwell. I mean, Nick was, you know, the best player in the court a lot of the time in those both of those games. And um, he's one of the best players in, in the conference when his mind's right and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, but, yeah, no, 
the reason why we jumped out early, again, Alec Witter just making shots. Um, and again, good open shots. And he also just defensively is, is, does so much for us that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He really rebounded the ball well, but just does so many things and understands his, um, knows all the nuances of our de uh, defensive stuff. And, um, you know, hit, hit the stuff he does, and, and it showed up in this game, but it really doesn't show up in the stat sheet what he does for our basketball team. Alec Witter is a huge uh, deal for our team. He's kind of just the glue guy for us. But he hit six of the 11 shots and, and grabbed eight rebounds, four assists, and a season-high three blocks, getting it done on both ends uh, for Caldwell. And, and you talked about his importance. And then, you know, talk about Roger. You, you get Roger things. That's what he does. He's consistent. He took, needed just 11 shots to get 15 points and also grabbed six rebounds in that win. Uh, the, the model of consistency that you that you get from from Roger McFarlane. Yeah, he's just a workhorse. You know, I think they got him as a top five scorer. I think he's the number one rebound in the conference. He just he just comes to work every single day. You know, the guy has just got so much better since he stepped foot on campus. I say it all the time. Can you imagine as a junior college player, that guy averaged four points a game and was three for 23 from the year uh, from three. And to do what he's doing right now is just it's just, you know, give credit to our staff. But at the end of the day, that's him. That guy comes in the gym. He works his butt off. He never complains. He just wants to get better. He's a student of the game, and he's just consistent night in, night out. You know what you're getting. You know the guy's going to go in there and get you five-plus rebounds. He's averaging 10, and he's going to go get you 10, 15, 20 points at any night. And uh, lucky to have him. And another year left. And then, you know, we, we can look at some of the other guys who don't have double digits, but certainly their contributions were felt. Brody Robery, eight points, four rebounds, three of three from the field. He didn't get a lot of shots, but the shots he did get up, he made, including both of his free throws. Cam Burton as well, two shots, made them both two huge threes in the game. Dylan Canneville had maybe one of the highlights of the game when he poked away a, a pass and was able to get out and transition and, and dunk it and get a big dunk that extended the lead, I think, up to 16. And then Avery Wilson being a, a consistent defensive pest. You know, he, he's always out there. He's not scoring a lot, but his presence is definitely being felt on the other end of the floor. Uh, no doubt. You know, uh, Avery's able to pressure the basketball. He's one of the best athletes on the team vertically and side to side. He's 225 pounds. He can pressure guards. You know, offensively, he's able to handle it a little bit, um, can get in the paint. He's a better finisher than he's been playing. Uh, but defensively, you're right, he's, he's a weapon. He can guard multiple positions. And, and really, like, the guy's able to pressure out on the basketball. And you get a guy 6'4", 230 pounds that can move their feet like that. That's an intimidating guy. And Avery, Avery's got brought a, a, a jolt, a spark off the bench for us the last couple of games. And then Cam Bur uh, talked about Cam Burton hitting the three. A true freshman coming yep. in and hitting some, some key shots oh, in yeah, that no game. I think one of them was a run killer for McNeese who was trying to get back into the game and just he's not a, he's not afraid to let it fly no, for, he's especially not. and for that's why we recruited him and i give cam all the credit because i got on cam pretty good in this game and or i should say incarnate word but he's he's he goes out there and he makes shots and cam's got to conti continue to get better rebounding and defending and he he is he he is a, a tough kid that makes those plays and he's just got to consistently do it more and watch his minutes grow from there because um, when he gets in there, he's always a threat to score. And that's why I recruit him. It doesn't surprise me when he makes shots. I just want to see him continue to be more aggressive to get the ball and rebound the basketball. And, and I think he's going to do that because he's accepted the challenge. He holds himself accountable. That's why he's going to be a really good player, too. 
Was the message during this game, especially once you had the early big, the lead and you were holding on throughout the second half, kind of keeping them at bay for most of the a while, was the message in, the, in a team huddle ever, we expect them to make a run, just keep your head, keep your heads, don't, don't lose yeah, yourself? Yeah, we knew, we knew the punches, the haymakers were going to get thrown. You know, those guys, you know, Shahada Wells and Shoemate and others, they weren't getting the normal shots they were making. Um, they weren't getting the transition dunks and getting out and, and, and getting steals. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when things like that happen, they're going to turn up the defense. They're going to start trapping. They're going to try to, you know, just do more. So um, we just got to make sure we have poise. You know, we, we're, we're, we have violent catches. We're strong with the basketball. Um, we're limiting them to one shot. Teams that get desperate, they run in there and try to get more rebound. You know, limit them to one shot and just staying within, uh, within, within us. We don't want to take quick, bad shots either. You know, um, again, going back to hitting singles and transition, and if it's not there, we want to make sure our offense is helping our defense. Um, you know, 10 seconds, making them guard for 10 seconds and giving them the ball, that's not good offense for us. Um, and I think we've, we've slowed it down because I think we're more of a half-court oriented team and it's there for us, and I think we can execute well. So that's got to be the game plan going through. But you talk about their defense, and yet you're still able to hit 53% as a team and 48 from from above the arc. I think I think our confidence is high right now. I think the guys have, and it should be. They work. They our guys work, man. Like they get in the gym and they put shots up. But also, again, I think a lot of that goes schematically. The guys understanding and taking what we're telling them to the floor and, and executing. And it's ultimately on them executing and get being in the spots where they're supposed to be running the plays, know where they're supposed to be running, reading the defense, and and just really not caring who gets the credit, sharing the basketball. We've been really the last three games. We've had 15-plus assists, I think 20 assists maybe last night. I think the guys have been hunting the assists, and it's amazing what can be accomplished when nobody cares who gets the credit, right? And then you hold them defensively to 44.1 and 29.2 from three. Uh, I think you're happy with this number specifically, the, the sub-30% from three. Oh, yeah, it's anytime you're doing that, especially of late when we get some of those losses, you know, to Commerce and Corpus, and especially some teams that aren't even, like, known for the three ball and going out there and shooting at high percentages. But again, some of that was breakdowns defensively on us. And as much as I give our guys credit when we were doing it right the last couple of games, some of the things we weren't doing right and teams were making us pay. Um, but credit to our team to be resilient, to go back to the film room, correct with, with their mistakes and, and get better from it. So then you have to get over that one real quick. You have a little time to celebrate, but then it's on to Monday. And then you have a, a Incarnate Word team was coming in, had one, two out of their last three before playing you. Uh, what were you seeing like, from Incarnate Word that had kind of turned, had gotten them playing into some, uh, getting them a couple of wins and seemed like they were also getting some of their confidence when they were coming in? Uh, yeah, well, first off, I watched them play a couple times in the non-conference. I knew they were going to be um, an issue. Just you can see the talent. Um, you know, last couple of years and the previous coaches, um, I thought they were more, much more a uh, scheme team that kind of um, slowed the pace down, um, really tried to outsmart you or just try to pay at your, their own pace. Um, watching them now, they're much more up and down. They got some really athletic players. They got good size of the guard position. They're very talented. They got some former high major players. Um, you watch them play in, in, in I th again, it's a new team, new coaching, new system, new culture, all that stuff. So you could just see what they're trying to do, and I think it's going to be good. And when they, 
the last couple of games you watch them play, I mean, you're like, man, how's this team, the record, what they are? I mean, they've they've got size, they got length, they got talent, and you can see it on full display. You go to UNO, which we've been there. It's not an easy place to win. They go on the road and win there, and they won two of their last three. Um, you could just see that they score the basketball. They get out in transition. They rebound. They play hard. Um, and, and and going through that, I think went maybe once or twice. One game, I think that it got led away from them, but all the other games were right there. You know. We got five losses. We weren't too far away from that ourselves. So at any at any moment, this team could turn around. They tell, they have the talent to do it. They have the guard play. They got the bigs. Um, so they, they were very concerning coming in, to be honest with you. And, and you brought up their win at UNO. Sky Wicks in that game against UNO, I think, had like 25 and 15 right. against yeah. the Privateers. I know that had to be uh, something y'all were looking at. And he scored 15 against you, but y'all were able to keep him off the board to the tune of just five rebounds, which... Uh, seems like a low number for him in, in, in the game last night. And you jumped out to an early 14-2 to two lead. They, came, they made a big run on you yeah. and actually took a one-point lead, but then you finished the half on a 15-2 to two run, reestablished a 12-point lead at the break. Roger McFarlane hits a, hits a tray right before the buzzer at halftime to get you that 12-point lead. And it just seems to kind of, I don't want to say you coasted from there, but the guys did the work in the second half and really didn't allow them back in the game. Yeah, they made that run. I think they scored six baskets in a row, and a lot of those things, four of the six were in transition off bad shots or turnovers on our end. And again, if we take bad shots or we turn the ball over, you know, that's what happened. And we're not, we've always been a team since I've been here, and that's kind of my nature to play fast, to have a lot of possessions and play in the 70, 80 possessions and press and play with quick, fast guys. Well, that's not us this year. And we tried that early on. That's not us. That's not where we are. This is a, a team that's going to play in the 45 to 55 possession range. Slow it down a little bit. Pick our poison. And um, that, 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 that works for us. Um, McFarlane and Caldwell, again, the, the keys to consistency for this team. Both of them fin having 18 points. And then you get Woodard again with 16. And then we talked about Brody. His, uh, his efforts in the game with finishing with 15 and 7. It just seemed like a night for, for Brody to kind of dominate underneath. Uh, he was getting, like I said earlier, 12 free throw attempts for, for Robery. He just seemed to own the paint against UIW. Yeah, anytime we can get him going, um, which we always try to do, but anytime we can get him going, it just makes everybody else's life so much easier because Brody's a... Uh, 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 a problem to deal with in the paint and he's going to bring extra defenders and if you can get extra defenders that means that somebody's coming off one of the four guys that can make shots um so and if you and if you leave him on an island you know we're going to take the chances that we, he's got a pretty good chance to score the ball or get fouled and that goes with nick or, or nick or brody because as much as nick can go outside you can post nick and he's really good around the rim as well so uh, anytime that we can establish our presence in the paint score at the rim it just opens everything else for everybody else and Incarnate Word came in as one of the better shot-blocking teams in the conference, which could maybe catch someone off guard if they're not looking for it. But to be able to have the, the work in, inside that Brody and, and Nick were able to do, and, and even some of the other guys, I know uh, Alec Woodard got a couple of looks right underneath the basket because somehow he had gotten lost from the defense, whether yeah. it was the play design. Just talk about those, like, the plays that – you're able to find maybe one of your guards underneath wide open because well, it happened several times. Talking about, I think Brody has set a good, real good back screen on one of our actions, and um, you know we talk about this every day. And offensively, a good offensive basketball team is a good screening team, a good passing team, a good uh, and a good cutting team. And if you can do those those things, 
you're a good offense team. And, and I think the last three games especially, we've been really passing the ball well. We've been cutting hard and setting good screens. And that was the exact lead what happened that play. It was just a simple Brack screen. Brody took the guy out. Alec cut hard and we gave a good pass. And then you talked earlier about the unselfishness of the team. Roscoe yeah. Eastman, only three points, but 13 assists. I believe that ties for the fourth most in a single game in, in Southeastern program history. And he's on pace, got to be on pace for that single season record, too. I know my guy Marlon's got it at 200 and something, but Roscoe's got to be got to be on the way to it. Yeah, I, I keep uh, getting an update on that, but he is uh, attacking very quickly up up the uh, single season record marks. But again, it just you think that's his fifth or sixth game this year where he's gotten double digit assists. Just always trust trustworthy with the ball in his hand. Yeah, that's our that's our coach on the floor, you know. Uh, We've been trying to do a lot of stuff to, you know, make sure he's initiating our offense. And if we don't have anything late, you know, Roscoe gets the ball back a lot of times. And we just trust, you know, that he's going to make the right decision. And the way he's been shooting the ball lately as well, good night. So you come off, you get these two wins, and now you have a little time to catch your breath as a team, rest, and get all the little nicks and bumps from the week healed up. And we got two games coming up this week. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, We'll talk about those two upcoming games against Northwestern State and Texas A&M Commerce. You're listening to Inside Southeastern Basketball on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. You took the first step and quit smoking, but even former smokers may still be at risk for lung cancer. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know about a new low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early. It takes only 60 seconds and could save your life. You, you took the first step, now take the next. Visit SaveByTheScan.org for a simple quiz to see if you're eligible and talk to your doctor about screening. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Crescent Bar, a proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network, has served Hammond and the surrounding areas since 1938. The Crescent Bar offers an assortment of beers, wines, and liquors, and features pool tables. The Crescent Bar is located in downtown Hammond at 110 West Thomas Street. The telephone number is area code 985-345-7636. The Crescent Bar, another proud sponsor of Southeastern Athletics on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Trains are everywhere. You should always expect one, even on private property. Only cross tracks at designated crossings that fit your equipment. If you don't fit, don't commit. Whenever you're operating, secure your load. Raise your equipment and avoid getting stuck or causing damage. Minimize distractions. Remember, noisy equipment drowns out the sound of a train. Unless you're crossing, always keep a safe distance from train tracks. Look, listen, live. For more info, go to oli.org. And we are back from Rainbow Daiquiri's on West Thomas Street here in Hammond, America, as we are talking Southeastern basketball with head coach David Kiefer. Coach getting a, maybe a couple pointers or two from, from Coach Selfo, is the head coach of the, coaching, of the coaches at Southeastern, as you said. My bad, what'd you say? <laughs> no, I was just saying you were over there talking with, uh, with, with Coach Selfo and, and the oh, yeah, rest of the crowd here who's filled up here yeah, at got Rainbow a good crowd. First off, get a, give a shout-out to Pride Roofing, who's always in the building. Pride Roofing, they got 
uh, is in the building. They're always big supporters. You know, there's some some hail locally, so if you're gonna need it, need anything with the roof, you better call Pride Roofing. I know people in Hammond here may have some deal with the with the roofs. Got Pride Roofing going to fix it right up for you. So now we we look ahead to uh, to the two games against teams you've already seen once this season. Both you saw them earlier at home, Northwestern State and Texas A&M Commerce. Uh, NSU, 71-62 winners over them a couple of weeks ago at home. Uh, what have you seen from them since the first in that game again, uh, here? Man, they, they were hard to deal with. Northwestern State, I, I, I'm not, I, you know, th their record, again, isn't, but, you know, they're only a game behind us. I thought they came in here, and they punched us in the mouth early. If you go back to the game, we were down 10 or 11 early in that game. Um, and, and, you know, I think Coach Cabrera has done a really good job. He's got a bunch of new, new kids in there, a bunch of Juco guys. They're kind of just rugged, play hard. Um, they've been playing, I think, without a point guard a little bit, but they just they rebound the ball exceptionally well. They meet you at the rim. There's nothing easy at the rim. They block shots. They'll foul you. They're physical. They're tough. Um, and then they're, as most teams are in the South, and they're, they're much better at, at home than they are in the road. So... Um, you know, again, like I said, we've put ourselves too much in a hole that we we can't we have no room for error. So this is a must-win situation for us at their place, and um, they're a really good basketball team, and um, got our hands full. Cliff Davis had 15 points, six rebounds, and four assists and a steal against you guys in the first game. Chase Forte, 12.7 rebounds, an assist, a block, and two steals. Uh, what would what would be like the, the one of the biggest things you would key on uh, as you look ahead at to this game against Northwestern State? Well, obviously not to give it all away, but I mean the obviously you know Cliff Davis is one of the better three-point shooters in the country, and you know you got to uh, uh, understand where he's at. But just most importantly, you, you got to master their physicality. Northwestern State is extremely physical. They're gonna they make stuff tough for you defensively. Again, they're gonna make it really hard. They made it they made it really hard for Brody last last time we played them at the rim. They blocked his shot. We weren't getting the free throw line. We, we, they, I thought just offensively we, we didn't flow great until late in the second first half and then finally the second half. But, you know, they're just they're a team that's going to play from the start to the end and they're going to rebound the basketball. So you just you got to match their intention. you got to match their physicality. Again, we're on the road, so we got to be more tougher and we got to be more connected. And then on Monday night, it will be the rematch against Texas A&M Commerce. They came in here and smacked us. Yeah, 68-52 win. Uh, not one of your better offensive nights, obviously. And uh, just talk about what what you've learned from from rewatching that, that one. That I'm sure one that's I'd one that you've looked throw at. Away, but that might have been the most aggravating and frustrating game as the coach at Southeastern Basketball. Just because when you know what your team's capable of and you're watching a performance on the floor and you can't blow the whistle and just stop it and yell at everybody. And you kind of just get through it and you go and film and... I think since that game, you know, um, you know, it, it's it was better. I thought we, we came out of the next game, and again, you play a Northwestern State team after them last time, knowing they're going to come in and try to punch you in the mouth. I thought we showed um, great resiliency to come back from that game because we get Commerce came into our gym, um, they they talked, they, they 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 were extremely physical. They were getting to the ball faster. They just they played a, a more aggressive game than we did, and it was. It was really deflating watching that basketball game. but um, So I want to make sure that our team remembers that and um, we're a better team next time we play the basketball team. Kalen Williams, uh, 15 points. 
Yeah. On six of 12 shooting, had nine rebounds, uh, four assists, and, and a steal. Tommy Lewis, 14 points and seven assists as well as a steal. And then off the bench, VJ Reeves, 13 points, two rebounds. Uh, and they played a lot of guys, and a lot of guys scored. Or, uh, so I know that, like, defensively, that that's one that y'all looked that you looked at and probably wanted to reset uh, your defensive sets after. Yeah, kind of it, was, it was just, you know, it was one of those games. It didn't matter what you were doing defensively. If you're not going to play with that energy and effort, it, it, it ain't going to work. And I, and I thought that was just the one time this team that our team came out just didn't have any juice, didn't have any energy effort. Now, we've moved past that. That's never going to happen again. That's the first time I felt like that in my career. And our team's not going to do that again. Our guys are too resilient. They're too tough. And uh, we've learned from that. So uh, we'll be a new team when we go there. And maybe that was kind of the catalyst because the sense that since that one was the where you started this run of four wins in five games, maybe a bit of a, a, a wake-up call a little bit was when yeah, you Yeah, I hate having shellacked. to lose basketball games to, you know, to have that. But ultimately, it is what it is. And, and I've put pressure on these guys, and, and they understand it. They're seniors, and um, <clears throat> it is what it is. You know, I, I told them there's, there's no more rooms for error. We can't lose any more basketball games. If you want to, you know, want to play for a championship, you know, I promise you McNeese isn't going to lose five games. So throwing the, the regular season is thrown out the, out the window. But top four teams, those are the teams that go to the NCAA tournament. In the history of the South and people outside of the top four have not gone. So we were at we were the bottom to start the, the, the deal, and now we're right there sitting outside of four. So just continue to keep winning, keep playing our basketball, um, going on the road. You win, you win on the road by defending and rebounding the basketball. So uh, that travels. So continue to do that, and we'll continue to see us rise in the standings. Yeah, looking at it right now, you you would currently sit in the fifth seed if if the season ended today. Now it, you still have just under half of the conference schedule remaining, right. so lots of time to catch and up. And a to lot of those teams up front of us, you know, haven't played each other, and um, you know, like Nichols and McNeese haven't even played each other yet. Um, some of those teams ha haven't, you know. There, there's a lot of basketball to be played. You know, we still control our own destiny, but don't worry about anybody else. People that you play next, you win that basketball game, will be fine. So right now you're currently, if I'm doing my math right, about a game and a half out of the fourth seed, which you continue to talk about being the important one. At least get one by in yeah. the conference tournament. And you've this current run you've on, you've gotten. Yeah, because we've seen that. You know, Corpus Christi two years ago was a fourth seed, won the championship. When I was assistant, Stephen F. Austin was a fourth seed, won the championship. The third and fourth seed have won the championship. The first and second team have won the championship. We haven't seen a team play on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can get three games at four games. It's not realistic, and uh, we got to be sitting in the top four seeds. Now, if it happens, it happens. We'll figure it out, but we're a top four seed team. We're a top two team. I, we're one of the best teams in the conference, I think. We've all seen we're, we can lose to anybody in the conference, and we can beat anybody in the conference. But when we're playing what we're capable of, of playing, obviously I'm biased, but I think we're the best team in the league. All right, we're going to go ahead and take another break right now. We'll be back with more on Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer here on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. I'm, I'm a college athlete, athlete. but you, you don't, don't know where I was born, born. If, if I was, I was raised in the city or suburbs. You don't, don't know the color of my skin, whether I'm big or small, who I love, or if I'm rich, poor, or somewhere in the middle. But the good news is, it doesn't matter, 
because as a college athlete, the only thing that does matter is that I have the skill and the drive to succeed in school and sports. Visit NCAA.org slash opportunity to learn more. Menino's Pharmacy is a full-service retail pharmacy with specialties in compounding, IV therapy, hospice, and nursing home services. Menino's is a joint commission accredited pharmacy that offers personalized specialty medications and compounds, as well as medication synchronization and a variety of packaging options. Menino's Pharmacy accepts private insurance, Medicaid, and Medicare, and is located at 113 West Charles Street, Hammond, Louisiana, area code 7040. Back here from Rainbow Daiquiri's Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer. As we uh, continue to look ahead now as the season's starting to get short, you still have plenty of time left, or some time left, but it, you're in the back half of your schedule, and we were kind of talking about the, the standings. Just Let's just talk about right now your overall view of the Southland at this moment. Like, where do you see the, the conference at, as we turn the corner onto the back half of the conference schedule. You know, you can look at it and start seeing it. It, it's take, it, it take its form. You know, obviously, McNeese is sitting at the top. You know, they've had so many um, big wins, and, and everybody's kind of chasing them right now. But um, um, after playing everybody, you know, Nichols is one of the hardest teams to beat on the, at their place that, that we've played. We, we get another chance to play them again, and I'm looking forward to playing them again. But that's a really good basketball team. But they have... They have yet to play McNeese. They have let yet to play um, Corpus, I think, at, at home. They have yet to go on the road to Lamar. I think they still have some games coming up. There's a lot to be told. And, um, you know, Corpus, obviously, they, it, it, it felt like the Corpus team from a couple of years ago. You know, they just, you know, give, give a lot of credit to, to Coach Shaw there. It's the same, same type of deal, man. They're, they're defending you. They're getting up in you. They're running the same stuff offensively. The guys are bought in. They're connected. They're going to be a really tough out for sure. And, and, and since the beginning of the season, I've been saying that I feel like Lamar is one of the best teams in the conference. So uh, those three, and, and obviously Nichols is, is, is still to be um, seen as well, but those three for sure, those, those are three really good basketball teams that, um, that are going to be a, a tough out as, as it goes along. And I think they're going to be sitting at the top three or, or going to be battling for those teams in the top three as, as the season goes along. And there's never an off night in the Southland because you can talk about any given day you know, UNO took down Corpus right. in Lakefront Arena. I don't want to bring up bad memories because we already just talked about it, the Commerce mm. game uh, in our place. Uh, you always have to bring bring your top game, no matter yeah. if it's home, away, no matter the opponent. You can't look at a schedule and say, oh, this is a we get, this is just a W right here. Yeah, you see it. I mean, you see it every game, right? Like in every conference, the ACC, Louisville couldn't – Louisville was one of the – Worst teams in the country couldn't beat anybody, and then they they go out and beat Virginia a couple weeks ago, and then last night you see Virginia beat Miami by 30. You know it's conference play. You know you're you're getting everybody's best shot for the most part, and you can't have an off night. If you have an off night in conference play, they're going to expose you, 
And, um, you know, everything just matters more in conference play. Everybody knows each other more. Everybody knows the schematics. They know what to expect. They've played each other multiple times. So it, it, it just means more. But as you get later into the season, you're going to start seeing separations of teams. You'll start seeing teams. Because we tell our guys all the time, you're either getting worse or you're getting better. You don't stay the same. So as the season gets to this back half, you're really going to start to see a separation of, uh, of these teams the next couple weeks here. And you talk about any given, you know, you can never take a night off on uh in the in conference play, we're looking at the TVs up here. Clemson leading a top five North Carolina team on the road by five with four and a half to exactly. go. Exactly, conference play. Now, you know, nothing surprised me. When you get to conference play, and um, you just can never relax. You can never be comfortable. And you still have games left against. The only series you finished on the year is McNeese. That's <laughs> the only team you're you're done with, and won't see again until potential a potential matchup in the conference tournament. You, you, you go to Corpus Christi in a couple of weeks. You got Nichols coming here. You got Lamar coming here. That's a chance to avenge two other losses that you've right. had. And it's just trying, like, how do you make sure you're, make, you're moving your ladder, your, your way up that ladder? Just talk about, like, what's going to take to continue to rise, to, to get just that, continue, those buys. Just continue to make sure we're having a great day every day. You know, tomorrow, you know, we can look at the big picture. Say, oh, we won in the championship. Well, the first step of that is tomorrow's practice is the best, try to make it the best practice we've had all year. We come in, we're, we're laser focused in the film session, we're getting better because Wednesday is more of a us day, not worrying about the opponent. It's a us day, watch film, grade ourselves, get on the floor. You know, we gotta, we, we gotta do some live stuff. I know we're nicked up, we're banged up, but when you get to the conference tournament, you're playing back-to-back -back days. So there's no more excuses of, ah, we gotta take this day off. No, we got our day off yesterday, so we gotta watch film, we gotta get on the floor, and, and we just gotta get better. And then Thursday and Friday, we're locked into Northwestern State Scout. We're going through all the details of that and, and just making sure every day we're just getting better and not looking past whoever the next opponent is. It's one game at a time and one practice at a time. All right, we're going to take our final break here, and we'll, we'll be back here at Rainbow Daiquiri's for the remainder of Inside Southeastern Basketball with David Kiefer here on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiri's is a proud location sponsor of the David Kiefer Radio Show and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Rainbow Daiquiri's has been serving the Hammond area since 1984. Located at 14384 West Thomas Street in Hammond, Rainbow Daiquiri's offers a variety of daiquiris and beer plus pool tables. With late hours, Rainbow Daiquiri's is proud to support Lion Athletics and this broadcast on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for providing the facilities to meet my health and nutritional needs in order for me to be the best year and athlete I can be. For making game day experiences go from ordinary to extraordinary. For allowing me to meet new people and build lifelong friendships while competing at the school I love. For giving me the resources to pursue my degree and the ability to excel in the classroom. For helping me look my best as I compete and achieve my goals. Thank you. Thank you, Lion Nation, for your support. You, you help make a difference in the daily lives of more than 300 student-athletes wearing Southeastern green and gold. We couldn't do it without you. Your favorite coaches club is available through the Lion Athletics Association by phone at area code 985-549-5091. Also available online at www.lionup.com. For everything about Southeastern Athletics, including schedules, live game coverage, and stats, visit lionsports.net. 
back here from Rainbow Daiquiri's. Going to be wrapping things up here on Inside Southeastern Basketball and with head coach David Kiefer. And the coach, uh, I know it's a big week that we have coming up all over Southeastern Athletics. Uh, the, the women's basketball team will be making the trip to Commerce tomorrow night. So they are, they're already on the road to Commerce now, but they play tomorrow night, a game you can hear right here on 90.9 FM, the Lion. The, the Lady Lions are certainly uh, well on their way to clinching a spot in Lake Charles and, and giving themselves a, a, heck of a heck of a shot up there to, to continue doing what they did last year, and that's win conference championships. Just yeah, no, the women are rolling, and I'm going to hit Ayla. We're going to get Ayla in here next week so she can talk a little bit about and sell her program, but she's doing a heck of a job, you know, um, but was in here when she first took over and talking about a team that was consistently winning in single digits to – now they're 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 the prize in the, in the conference and watching that whole process, um, and they've done it the right way and they just keep dominating the league and it's a, it's a great story and, and to be from from around here it couldn't be any better right. So they play tomorrow night again. That's a game you'll be able to hear right here on ninety point nine FM, the Lion, the, through the Sports uh, Southeastern Sports Radio Network. Then Saturday, it's a men's women doubleheader. Both games here on the network, and. Just a, a lot of basketball being played and a lot of shuffling to be done here over the next few weeks. But not not just that. Now we got the spring sports going on, track and field in action this week. Softball starting this week. The campus is coming alive now with with all the sports going on. And, and it's sure it's you're you're wrapping up, so you're getting into your high pressure time. But then, kind of what once it ends. Uh, Taking some of the spring sports and, and getting ready for, for next year, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Everybody's all excited. We got softball coming up, you know, back-to-back -back years of most most wins in school history. Everybody's all excited about Coach Barbier and baseball. and um, Yeah, no, just, you know, just championship city here in, in, in Hammond. And a fun time for we'll be having starting uh, inside Southeastern Baseball with Coach Barbier. That'll be starting on, I believe, this Monday as they start their season. So a lot, lots of fun going on here in, in the Southland or in at Southeastern. But I know you're, you're look, getting excited. It's just kind of the pressure time for, for the, for your team as we're rounding the corner, uh, getting, getting into the back half and, and trying. Yeah, and, and like you said, we got to be playing our best basketball now and, just really excited about the opportunities and see what's gonna what lies ahead for our team. We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot. And I told our guys before we even played these two home games that the toughest stretch we have is coming up, and it, it's gonna tell a lot about our team on this way trip, going to Northwestern State and going to Commerce. You're gonna play in you know two places. Not gonna be a big crowd. It's gonna be a weird atmosphere, kind of funky gyms, but two teams that that compete, that get after it, that that. I thought um, the first time Northwestern State, when they came out, kind of punched them in the mouth to start the game and we'd really fight to get that win. And uh, Texas A&M Commerce just completely came in here and just dominated from, from the very start of the game to the very end of the game. So um, we gotta we got to go out there and we gotta, we got to be a, a lot better basketball team than we were the last time we played them. And we're again, we're going to really be able to find out a lot. If we want to get in that top four spot, this this road swing here is a great opportunity for us to get get, get closer to doing that. From an from an outsider perspective of, uh, like, not as a, someone who's lived in basketball all their life, like, like you have, what is, how many, how much change can you make between one meeting with a team and seeing them on the second time when you're in a conference situation like, like this? Um, you know, I, I think we make mi minor tweaks here and there. You know, at, at this point in the season, you're not, you're not making 
huge adjustments, but you always go back and, and you watch the previous film, what worked, what didn't work, um, what, watch what they're doing. Are they doing anything differently than they were the last time you played them? Um, just try to catch tendencies and whatnot. But, you know, they're going to know us. They know what we're doing. You know, we're not doing anything crazy. We're going to know they, who they are. It's going to, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to players making plays and who's going to make those winning plays, get the 50-50 balls, who's going to rebound, who's going to defend, who's going to try to contest things more, and who's going to play to the very end. Um, we all know each other, so um, it's just going to come down to guys making plays and who's going to um, have the, the, the will to fight all the way to the end. Do you see a lot of those adjustments being made on the offensive end, defensive end, both? Um, I think it just goes from, from, from team to team. You know, I think um, McNeese, I thought, you know, for the most part, was doing a lot of the same things that were offensively as last time. They added a couple more wrinkles. Um, we did a couple of things a little bit differently. But for the most part, you know, we are who we are, and, and they are who they are. You know, they're, they're not going to change too much. At the end of the day, it's they're, they're 20 and 3, and going into the game, they're, you know, 19 and 2. So whatever they were doing is working for them. And for us, you know, which, which, what of recently things that we've been doing is working. So at the end of the day, it's about, you know, can you put your game onto the floor? Can you play your style? Can you play your pace? And, um, you know, it's been, it's been to our favor of late. I know you said, uh, I believe you said last week, if you're not feeling it after the game, have you really gone all out? Yeah. I know there are a couple of times during both games where you see guys diving on the floor, which is what you want to see, but then you see them stay there, down there and you don't want to see that. Just, but you know that they're putting all but their effort out. you'd rather see that than, than them bend over at the waist, the other guy died, and they go get two points. Right. Right? So, um, you know, and we talk about that. You know, winning's, winning's not easy. Winning hurts. And um, we weren't hurt enough after some of these games. And, and that, was, that was the disappointing guy part because I know we got tough guys. We, our staff knows we got tough guys and, and that compete and that want to win. And they just weren't doing it. And, um, but they've been doing it as late, and it just keeps getting better. And, um, those guys after the games, they got the ice packs going, got the, the bloody lips, got the hurt shoulders, and, and we're winning. That's, that's what it takes. And, and being heady, uh, smart with, with those situations, because there was one time, I believe it was in the McNeese game, where Roscoe was diving. I believe it was Roscoe was diving after a loose ball, and Nick's standing there yelling, timeout, timeout. Yeah. And he gets that timeout granted, and it saves the possession or gets the possession for you guys, because I believe it was a, a, a McNeese, that resulted in a McNeese turnover. Right. Just, you like seeing that effort that... No, that's winning basketball plays, you know, because at the end of the day, we, we showed that in film, because that play turned into a timeout to a bucket for us. And, you know, that easily could have been don't get on the floor, and, like, we missed one of them or later in the game. Alec kind of bent for the ball. Shoemate dives for it and passes it back, and they get an and one. Well, if that would have happened in the previous play, we may not be winning by three. We might have been going to overtime, which we didn't need without Roscoe. Um, so just all those little plays add up at the end of the day, and everybody wants to point at maybe the last game play of a game, but you can go back and point at 50 different things throughout the game. And the things that as coaches that we get most frustrated with when is this just effort stuff because that's not coaching. That's just want to. And uh, you want a team that really wants to, and I think our guys are trending in that direction. Well, let's quickly go through the upcoming schedule here on the network. As I said Earlier, 6.30 tomorrow night, the women's basketball team taking on Texas A&M Commerce, a game you can hear right here on 90.9 FM, The Lion. And then Saturday, also on 90.9 FM, the men's and women's doubleheader, women's game at 1, men's game at 3. I'm sure we'll be having some, uh, some fun with that one. Always a good day to see the Demons and oh, yeah. eventually beat the, hopefully beat the Demons. That's the goal. 
And then Monday, Monday night, back here on the network, the looking for that revenge against Texas A&M Commerce. So that's the schedule upcoming here for inside or for Southeastern basketball on the network. But coach, congratulations on two big wins this week. And we're certainly looking forward to hopefully keep this run going, uh, extend this four out of five streak to even more. Oh, yeah, that's the goal. We just got to keep having, like I said, it starts with the practice tomorrow and our focus in film, focus on the floor, and continue to do that Thursday and Friday, and that should carry over to the, ga the game on Saturday. But for everybody, we thank everybody who came out and joined us here at Rainbow Daiquiri's. And for, hey, we know that guy, Deuce Woodson. He's, he's up back there helping uh, helping sling some daiquiris. Good he's shirt. one of your... Uh, nice, nice shirt, too. Yeah, he's wearing one of them Southeastern basketball shirts that the, the team guys get. Mike's back there, too. Jaleel back in the studio. And Tyler running the board here. Damon overseeing it all. Thank you for all involved. This has been Inside Southeastern Basketball with head coach David Kiefer on the Southeastern Sports Radio Network.